0: The Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the St Albans Podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide with Max Hartington. Hello, Max. Happy to be back good um yeah max is a local film fan and uh, and and broadcaster extraordinaire and he it's his turn to to come along and 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 regale us with with his choice of movies that are worth watching on free to air tv also we have a look at uh what's on the new releases uh, new original releases on the streaming services and uh, at the cinemas plus we have an additional feature which is uh max's film club where no was it max's action, films, max's action films where you take the action films to the max
1: every time you, perfect you quite enjoy that don't it's you really good yeah proper power trip there yeah yeah i can just talk like this all the time danny what's coming up next
0: Yeah, we'll stop that there.
1: So let's start
0: off then with a look at what's on in the cinemas uh, for uh, this uh, coming week. Uh, We're starting off with uh, Friday the 17th of June, and I believe there are
1: two films that you are telling us about this time. Two films this time. The first of these is Good Luck to You, Leo Grande, a comedy film which sees a retired widow, Nancy Stokes, hiring a good-looking young uh, sex worker called Leo Grande in the hope of enjoying a night of pleasure and self-discovery after an unfulfilling married life. Okay, and who's uh, in that? uh, So Emma Thompson-Stars, along with... uh, uh, Emma Thompson-Stars is the... uh the uh I'm the guessing she's, widow. She's the, the widow. She she's not the, the young male sex worker. Right, okay. And uh Darren McCormack plays the sex worker. This is very i uh, I having seen the trailer for this, it's already as you can imagine, uh within the first minute she goes, When do I brush my teeth? Proper uh <laughs> very British about the whole affair from the very uh very start. Okay.
0: So uh I think people perhaps would know what they were getting then. If they if they know that it's gonna be Emma Thompson and it's some sort of British comedy, then yeah. they kinda know they know what they're getting. Produced by Fox Searchlight as well, so very sort of an indie vibe to it as well okay uh so that's a uh, good luck to you leo grande uh, it's a good title i, I do like the yeah. like the like the title um but uh, but yeah so that's out on friday uh and uh we've also got now this one is perhaps one that maybe you know a little bit more about or maybe not we shall see just a bit more but we've got
1: Lightyear in this film buzz lightyear embarks on an intergalactic adventure with a group of ambitious recruits and his robot companion this of course is the sort of the retelling of the story of the action figure from toy story so it's very real and gritty when it's actually about the uh when it's the character who inspires the action figure in toy story so they've basically gone back and created their own origin story for the character of the toy that was in the original film and i sound completely crazy explaining that but
0: I, no, I I get what you mean um, because I was intrigued as to why Tim Allen isn't the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. So now, the, do you
1: know do you know why? So there was an explanation for this. The, the idea was that Tim Allen is tied to the the action figure of Buzz, whereas uh, Chris Evans is in fact playing Chris Evans. The again we, we've had this before, haven't we? Chris Evans being the Captain America, Chris Evans, and not the Chris not, Evans who was on the, Top Gear for a bit, not the ginger one, not the ginger one. <laughs> All right no Chris Evans the American Hollywood star uh, stars as Buzz Lightyear himself uh, we've got another, uh, the rest of the cast involved Kiki Palmer Dale Soles, and Taika Waititi makes an appearance as well right now he is becoming quite a,
0: a name uh, both in front of and behind the camera of course uh, mm-hmm. he he has done um, uh, Jojo Rabbit was his film that was the really uh, hunt one. for the world people which I thought was a wonderful fantastic movie was. and uh, recently he's been in the Marvel universe hasn't he? he
1: has so he's been he has been directing he sort of took over the Thor movies directing those but you also cast himself as a Korg the Rock person as well, who pretty much was just New Zealand humour in (laughs) One part of Rocks.
0: Yeah. And and, and also, he's involved with the Star Wars franchise, isn't he? Uh, I believe he's directing the next Star Wars movie. Is he? Yeah. The
1: only thing I remember is that he, really going in there, he voiced a robot in The Mandalorian. So... Good job to him there. I think he directed an episode of The Mandalorian, ah. which might be why he was do- also doing a voice. But while he was there, might as well do the voice right as well. Yeah. But no, this one looks like a really sort of exciting one. It looks incredible. Like, it's sort of, I think it's so interesting comparing from the trailers how uh, these, I mean, the the ability of all scenes, like, you know, sort of computer generated images, but especially compared to the first Toy Story, where it looks very blocky. And you compare this to how this looks now, and it looks incredible. Like, all the shots of, you know, Buzz Lightyear being launched into space, and all this nonsense going on looks really great
0: okay yeah i was just so i was just looking back at his credits and he did um he was thor ragnarok he directed that mm. and he's doing the new thor film love and thunder that's yeah. him as well uh, and yes it's this an untitled star wars film he's got coming out in a couple of years so uh, so yeah um, that's uh, uh Teiki waititi taika waititi taika 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 waititi waititi there you go. It's not like you to teach me. Apparently. I was just thinking that Taika Waititi. Really I've learned. That I've learned
1: time. much. I can actually pronounce
0: people's names. Okay. So. And and yeah, Chris Evans is there because this is about Buzz Lightyear. The within the fictional world of Toy Story, this is about the real Buzz Lightyear, mm-hmm. who was the inspiration behind the toy Buzz Lightyear that Tim Allen voiced. That was what we were saying about that, weren't There we go.
1: Well, you really abbreviated that way better. Well, I don't know. Far (laughs) better than me. Wow, I've even corrected my own language.
0: (laughs) Okay. Anyway, those are your new releases in the cinema for the forthcoming week, the week being the 17th of June, but you already knew
1: that. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm, and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com.
0: Oh, now for the second part of this week's film guide, this is where we look at new releases uh, of original movies on the streaming services, and just want to tell you about this week from Netflix. Max
1: coming out Netflix on this Friday is Spiderhead. In the near future, convicts are offered the chance to volunteer as medical subjects to shorten their sentence. One such subject for a new drug capable of generating feelings of love begins questioning the reality of his emotions and begins to feel a sort of Stockholm syndrome for his captor, the tech billionaire who's starting this whole awful drug trial thing. Uh, starring in this one is well, the big one that netflix is going to throw at you as chris hemsworth is starring as the sort of the nasty figurehead who's hired a load of convicts to test out drugs in his uh secret compound uh miles teller also stars as the sort of um i suppose our hero uh,
0: anti-hero no well, no he could be the hero um so you got you uh, miles teller then you just said um and he's so which which characters are which then so chris hemsworth
1: so sort of- chris hemsworth is playing a uh, steve abnesti so uh, that's what it says here so he's the sort of But having seen the trailer for this, he's the guy who's sort of uh, is paying all this money to have these prisoners flown out to his private mansion and has basically said, oh, we'll shorten your prison sentences if you try all these drugs that my company's making. Uh, Miles Teller, uh, along with uh, a number of other people sort of stuff uh, as these people who were basically being held here for these drug trials and start to sort of uh, question their minds and their reality, very sort of a psychological thriller aspect.
0: Okay, uh, what would we what would we know, um, Miles Teller from
1: uh, Miles Teller? So the big one I think people of is Whiplash, where he was with J.K. Simmons, the the drumming film, where he was this sort of student who was driven, uh, really driven crazy by that. Uh, really great film, J.K. Simmons you know, throwing chairs and shouting at him, but berating him. Okay. Um, most recently, uh, people know him from Top Gun, Maverick. He sort of stars alongside Tom Cruise, where I thought he'd made a bit of a disappearance, but it seems like he's he's being celebrated quite well in that film. Okay. Uh, and,
0: uh, and that's not the only link with Top Gun, is it? I've caught you out here, haven't You've I? I caught can tell me out this out, now. Like, because as a Top Gun watcher. But. Because um, uh, Spiderhead's director, uh, uh, Joseph Kaczynski, also directed uh, Top Gun
1: Maverick. Ah, so may- so clearly Mars Teller has managed to get himself a connection. Anyway yeah, and he also film.
0: directed uh, Tron Legacy.
1: Ah. So he's really good at these sort of sequels 20, 30 years later, I think. <laughs> yeah, he, he's good at delivering what the, uh, what the studio want him to
0: do. <laughs> so. So, so, so yes, man. No, I'm sure he's very creative as well. Uh,
1: I did like the look of this one. From the, It's actually, so it's going into nerdy stuff. It's based on a 90s short science fiction story. So a sort of novella has inspired this whole thing. But it feels very, to me, it feels very sort of Philip K. Dick, this entire story about people you know, near future testing out drugs in a facility and it's sort of warping their reality and everything.
0: Okay. Well, that does sound interesting, and yeah. and yeah, some of these some of these short stories uh, have inspired some wonderful movies. Yeah, you know, really? as you mentioned, Philip K. Dick. I mean, some of his stuff has been turned into some some of our uh, best ever movies. You know, yeah. Blade Runner was was a short story of his, and Total Recall was a short story of his. Um, you can see why I've read a lot of his stories now, it, can't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. So you're a big fan of um, Philip K. Dick. Big fan. Right. Okay. There you go. Um, Right, we'll have uh, more from Max a little bit later. The Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Suburban's podcast with Danny Smith. Time now for Max's action film. Is that what we call it? I keep forgetting now, is it? Yeah, it's Max's action films, isn't it? Yeah, it's Max's action yeah. films, yeah. Where, where, where you take the action to the
1: Max, 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 Max. Echoes within echoes there. Yeah, so uh, so each month
0: you choose a classic action film. Uh, you determine what is classic, and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because it's what you say. Is an, it's very subjective, uh, but you bring a film to our attention, maybe one we know well, maybe one we don't, and you tell us why you love it. So tell us th- about this
1: month's action film. Coming up this month, this was a really difficult one because I chose a film series uh, that I had to struggle with all the entries from because it is, uh, I think, potentially almost every... Every entry in this film could belong in Max's Max's action films, but eventually I settled on one on the one that I have rewatched scenes from the most. So this week, this week your action film for Max's action films is Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. This is the 2015. This is the fourth, no fifth in the Mission Impossible film franchise. Shows how much I know about it, but I mean. Where do I begin? Uh, you know Tom Cruise. You know he's going to absolutely pull up all the stops with some insane stunts, and he does it again with this one. Uh, but on top of it, there are some amazing, intense action scenes. There's, it's got everything. You've got your fist fights. You've got Tom Cruise running. You've got car chases. You've got, you know, scenes where you're holding your breath because uh, I can't begin. I'm right. I'm proper gushing about this film. But this one looks. Uh, this one is uh really fantastic and that's why you can hear why it was the one that i chose to put into the uh into the series Uh, i could tell you a bit about it so mission impossible rogue nation uh takes off following on from the fourth film of the franchise ghost protocol where uh funnily enough uh chasing down a secret organization called the syndicate uh tom cruise or ethan hunt as he's called in the mission impossible series goes rogue in hunt of this rogue nation so he sort of turns against the CIA who's previously been sort of backing him. He sort of just goes completely against them because he's trying to track down this syndicate.
0: Aren't the stories really kind of like negligible? Like they don't really matter. Isn't it a bit like the Bond films? You know, it doesn't really matter too much because there are certain things you come to expect. So with Bond, yeah. you expect there to be gadgets, guns and girls, you know, it's, it's beautiful locations. It's, yeah. you know, and, and, and there are certain things. And and, and in, a, in a similar way, isn't that now what mission the Mission Impossible franchise it has,
1: is? It has definitely become sort of you're going in this to see what's Tom Cruise going to do next yeah yeah where are they going to go next yeah what's it going to look like
0: high octane chase scenes um,
1: impossible situations that Tom Cruise gets out I mean within the first within the first five minutes of this film uh, Tom Cruise is clinging onto the side of a plane that's flying into the air (laughs) yeah
0: um, and, and and also, I mean, this is an amazing film series because it's been running now for twenty six years. Mm. The first Mission Impossible film 26. came out in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, and 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 also to have the same, uh, to have the same actor in it the whole time. The Bond films never did that. the The longest tenure I think was just Daniel Craig. Uh, but largely because of COVID, that made his tenure as Bond longer than Roger Moore's. Yeah, yeah Roger Moore made more films, but but in twelve years, and Daniel Craig, Craig sat was, on it for a while. Well, COVID kind of put <laughs> put pay to that. But but yes, Daniel Craig's five films were, were made in in uh, was it in fifteen? He was Bond for fifteen years, I think 15, sixteen yeah. years. Um, but but you know, Tom Cruise has been doing Mission Impossible now for twenty six years. He's got films seven and eight coming out soon. Exactly.
1: There's more coming out, and yeah. that's why I really because the one that comes after this uh, Fallout from 2018 I was re- it was a really neck and neck sort of chase of which one Henry Cavill in that one was sort of putting it up but I suppose that sort of takes me to talking about the cast in these films which I think is really, um, really great that they've sort of been able to expand like every film Mission Impossible 1 Mission Impossible 2 and 3 sort of sort of nebulously all sort of like existed together but then from four Ghost Protocol onwards they decided they would continue with this actual plot thread that's going through so it's all yeah there, there's now there's, there's a, there's a more of a continuity
0: cast. isn't there because, yeah. because to begin with I thought that so the first three Mission Impossible films I thought were quite distinct mm. the first one was 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 distinct and it was made by Brian De Palma, no less. He's yeah. done some amazing films in his time. The second one, John Woo, and it had that whole John Woo style to all the slow-mo and the, the doves, doves and yeah.
1: Yeah, all of that <laughs> stuff. And
0: then the third one was J.J. Abrams, wasn't it? Yeah, it was J.J.
1: Abrams, which it does feel very sleek in science fiction. You know, I talked last time I was here about Star Trek and I think definitely you can see how those bled into each other.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, you had that third one, yeah, that that... And then, But then, you see, the problem I now have is after the first two, you could t- tell me a scene for Mission Impossible and I would go, oh, yeah. then And then you could put a gun to my head and I would not be able to answer out- out- with any confidence
1: which movie it was from. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was in one of them, wasn't it? It, yeah. it is very much. It's another one of those films where they, they wrote, right, Tom Cruise is going to. A guy in a bathroom. This one, Tom Cruise is going to drive a motorbike downstairs and be chased by seven goons. Yeah, and then they were like, "Right now, how can we get him in all of, all of these places at once?" And yeah, that's, and that's how the plot was made.
0: And and you can't even say, "Oh, it's the one that was in London," because he's done that a few times now, where they've used London as as as, as a major set. There is London in this one and the one
1: after. Isn't yeah, it? yeah,
0: yeah. He keeps and you know that that apparently is largely tax breaks because it's it's quite uh, fortuitous. I thought it was going to be because he really likes the uh, the curry house that's in St. Albans Oh yeah, well obviously there's that where he allegedly went for a curry that time. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm the only person. Who's Albans that doubts, doubts it happened uh, but, Um, you know because he was in the area he works
1: in mysterious ways well I
0: can't believe that in this day and age no one took a photo on their phone that There was only one photo, and that was a grainy CCTV image. He had a
1: hoodie and a pair of sunglasses did on, he? like he does in
0: these films. Yeah, but he didn't, did he? he in in that image, in the, in the one image there is. Tom, Tom Cruise is known for hiding his image. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, what, and not one person in that restaurant were, like, said, can we have a selfie, Tom? He does them all the time. He does them <laughs> all the time. The, the, the manager of the restaurant did not go over and say, Mr. Cruise,
1: please may we have a photo with you.
0: You know, it doesn't add up.
1: But, but, you know, you believe what you want to believe. When Mission Impossible 8 shows him going into that curry house and explains that he can't do it because he doesn't want to compromise his secret identity. That'll be it. Then then yeah. it'll all come together. He
0: went in like you, and then he reached under his chin <laughs> and he ripped his head off, and then it was him, wasn't it, all That's along? had yeah, the yeah. plastic mask yeah. the all the time. Yeah, yeah, but they could
1: tell underneath it there was Tom Cruise. That's why there's no pictures.
0: I, I would love to talk to a fan of the original 60s Mission Impossible series mm. and see what they think. Because my guess would be that they would think this doesn't really bear any... Because for a start, uh, Tom Cruise's character wasn't in the original series. No. There were characters like him in it, but the, there was a boss, and the boss was in the first movie, and he's played by John Voight, and it turned out he was the villain. Mm. And I would imagine that's a bit like making a, a movie of Star Trek and making Captain Kirk the bad guy, because... Yeah, you'd probably really anger some fans of that, wouldn't you? Yeah, and so I can imagine that there might... I, I, I thought... The, in fact, I've seen all the Mission Impossible films, and I love them. I think they're great. I think they're great examples of the cinema. Got you. But I do think that, that, you know, they did that. They changed something of the essence of what it was. Yeah. And there were certain things about... I mean, have you ever seen an episode of the TV never. series?
1: Yeah. I'm going to be completely blatant and say I've never seen the original one because, you know, I went into this. Because, Tom so Cruise's climbing buildings.
0: It was a little bit like, um, I don't know, would you have ever seen Hustle? The um, the British yes
1: co- I have seen you also. know like
0: how like suddenly they're working on a on a con and they're they're sort of like somebody's undercover and somebody else is hiding somewhere in the back of a van yeah. radioing through and they're trying to do something and they they're against the clock and all mm. that and the tension builds up that was a bit like Mission
1: Impossible so there's far, far more of the espionage and the sort of there was I mean the, like like you said building up tension because I suppose you have to build up tension but you can't build up tension with a big yeah. climbing up yeah. a skyscraper or blowing up there was twenty seven cars there
0: was often a guy and it was often the same guy as well and he'd be in a he'd be in a like a ventilation shaft and and he'd be he'd be trying to cut through something and then you'd see like a close-up of a bead of sweat on his forehead and it was you know every week you saw him sweating and and it was like they're not going to do this they're not but of course they pulled it off and and yeah and it was because all it was an impossible mission every yeah, single week yeah and it was always that he got the missions in a similar sort of way like this recording was self-destruct in five seconds that was one of the yeah the, the the hallmarks of 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 this um and uh yeah it, it i don't know
1: I feel like that's something that they've. I mean, they've kept that angle at least. I don't know if that's something that's recently in, in the more recent ones they've tied that in. But that's no, no. Ways. That was in There's the, the
0: That was in the other movies as well. But but it does seem increasingly with these movies he's operating outside and he's using a few trusted people. Whereas with this, it, they were always like operating mm. within the organisation, you know, and and the organisation was just far-reaching
1: and is just they like tying it to that whole thing about you know working working you know independently and against your the people in charge of you I mean but what's it Alec Baldwin is, is the sort of the CIA boss who really doesn't like Tom Cruise in this one and sort of bosses him around yeah yeah so, and, uh, they and just like that they just like that whole sort of you need to be you know and in an earlier one it was as well
0: it was um Anthony Hopkins was the boss wasn't he in an unnamed cameo mm. he, he was uncredited in that but but it, Anthony Hopkins was the boss that you saw briefly in the second movie second yeah and because he he's climbing up a mountain wasn't he at the beginning and yeah, I mean, there it is and then he put on these like special sunglasses yeah. where like little bits popped in his ears and then he could see the mission and then he had to throw the glasses so off because so they, they, they exploded the his head yeah. which is, just i mean that's just poor design really. yeah because yeah. isn't it because uh, um anthony hopkins that he had a line saying this isn't Mission Difficult, Mr. Hunt. This is Mission Impossible <laughs> or something corny like that.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty... Th- when was Mission Impossible 2? I want to say that's late 90s or 2000s. Isn't I it? would have Which... said late 90s. I want to um, say that, that, I mean, that line alone... Two,
0: made... 2000, so it's four years after the first one.
1: <laughs> that, that line pretty much dates that film. In and then Mission go. Impossible
0: 3 was six years later. They're not exactly doing them quickly, are they? No. And then, the, and then um, it feels five like... years until Ghost Protocol. Yeah. And then four years... Oh, he's getting better. Four years until Rogue Nation... And then um, three years until Fallout. Well, fall funnily enough,
1: they're actually, they're actually going to speed it up because the next one is, is a two-parter. So they're doing that thing where the first half will come out...
0: Comes out next year. Next year, this. and
1: then the second part will come out the year after. So... Yeah. Clearly, he's been listening to your feedback as well. So he's been wearing this mask, going to get curries, and then listening to you tell him he needs to make them faster.
0: And I'm glad as well that he's he's stopped doing the Jack Reachers because he wasn't he wasn't he he cannot convincingly play a six foot five inch bloke. Okay. I'm sorry, I
1: do understand that, but I I really enjoyed the first
0: Jack Reacher film. So yeah, have you seen the Am- the Amazon TV series I have Reacher? Not, but I I know I should. You should because you will soon change your view on Tom Cruise. I'm afraid when you see the hulking great big bloke they've got playing Jack Reacher. Um, Yeah, you will not. You're you're, you're just, yeah, it's just funny to think that they thought Tom Cruise could do that. And he's always
1: just standing in the foreground for some reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we will be back in a moment to look at Max's Choice of Films on Free To Air TV for the week ahead. Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast, One To One With Elspeth. Find a local person with a story, and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is, you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash that's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St Albans podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. Let's take a look now at Max's choice of films on free-to-air TV for the week ahead. Looking at uh, Starting at uh, Friday the 17th of June and uh, ITV4, 9pm, Hellboy.
1: This film by Guillermo del Toro tells the story of a demon raised from infancy after being conjured by and rescued from the Nazis who grows up to be, become a defender against the forces of darkness. So this is a comic book adaptation, isn't it? This is, yeah. But this is sort of those 2000s ones. This film's amazing. Now,
0: now, Hellboy, Hellboy has been made a few times. Yes. Uh, this is the original
1: film, Original. Isn't it? This is the first, first film. So there are three films currently. There's this one, which is the original. There's the sequel to this, still Guillermo de Toro, which is... 2008 and then there was the remake which I want to say was 20 2018 2019. It's got to be something like that, hasn't it? I'll look that up I while you it. tell us
0: more about it. So 2019 the, was yeah. um, the remake of Hellboy. So this
1: film so Two, 2004 was the original 2004, one. 2004. Yeah, it's it goes way back. But uh, so this film sort of tells the story of uh so this doctor sort of uh, collects this baby demon during uh, World War II already describing it, I'm starting to realize how comic booky it really sounds, but it's uh this the story of how this, you know, this baby demon is sort of picked up in World War Two, and despite the fact that he's, you know, the devil and he's meant to destroy the world and stuff, he's raised by this loving family who, not family, like a, a secret organization who are basically trying to teach him to protect the world from good. Uh, it grows up into being this giant demon played by Ron Perlman, who this this is potentially some of the best casting in history. What would
0: we know Ron Perlman from? Because Ron he's Polman. done a lot of
1: things over the years, hasn't he?
0: But it's possible some of the listeners might think, well, I know the name. Anyone who's seen Sons of Anarchy, he plays a
1: very big role in Sons of Anarchy. He's the uh, father, isn't he? He's the original like, leader of the gang. Part of the gang, yeah. yeah. Uh, he is in Alien 3. That's a very, no, Alien 4, actually, which is a very specific place that I know him from. Okay, uh, uh, his voice is his, his voice has been lended to a lot of stuff as so well.
0: So in the eighties, he starred in a TV series that people might remember called Beauty and the Beast, and he, really, yeah, with Linda Hamilton. I did not know that. Yeah, and he was like made up to look a bit like a lion,
1: and he was the beast uh, again. But well, this leads me to saying about the fact he's just got such a very his face is just so iconic, isn't it? Like you cannot find many people with a, a a head shape like Ron Perlman. That he does look a little be...
0: bit like his face was on fire and someone put it out with a shovel. A little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello, Ron, if you're listening. Yeah. In the best way, Ron. You, yeah. you, you have a very unique look. And if which... you're
0: listening, I'm Max Hartington.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, it, but I think this is some of the best casting ever. Like he, The prosthetics just... Because it's Guillermo del Toro and, you know, if he builds a set, he doesn't, you know, he goes all the way in. He doesn't just. He doesn't half-ass building a set for a film. So all the practical effects in this look amazing. Ron Perlman is walking around in probably 24 hours worth of sitting down in a makeup chair to be in this film. And of course... Uh, Doug Jones, who we know from... Um, oh, Star Trek pl- Discovery, more recent, and the the film The Shape, Shape of, of Water. Water. Which was also, also Guamador Toro. So, and, um, of course, he was also in Pan's Labyrinth as well. He played... So, Doug Jones is known for playing these sort of tall, imposing-looking monsters that only someone who's seven foot three could play. Uh, but he plays Abe the Fishman in this one. Uh, but... I mean, it look. He, he again. He looks incredible as well. All these effects make him look like a fish, but uh, it's just brilliant.
0: This and, all this. Uh, D- John Hurt is in there as well as is Salma Blair. Yeah, and,
1: John Hurt, um, Salma Blair. Jeffrey Tambor is also in this one, who I really like. Okay, Arrested Development. Yeah, I think these days isn't it just Arrested? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: isn't,
1: isn't he somebody that mired in controversy? Should we move I, on? I feel like he's someone. Who, yeah, that's, that's Anyway, moving on. Um, but yeah, really sort of a great great comic book adaptation that just tells this sort of very pulpy story about fighting off russians who were trying to you know bring about the end of the world okay um so yeah you,
0: you uh you enjoyed um you so did you know the comic book before the movie i haven't
1: i i the comic book is one that i've tried to read a few times and i have heard that it does a very good do- job of being a faithful adaptation from from people who have read the series uh the the 2019 one is not very well regarded okay so if you get a choice between uh that one and this one watch this one because it's playing uh playing uh today at 9 p.m okay
0: thank you that's uh Yes, that's Max's first choice there, that, and uh, that's on Friday, the 17th of June, 9pm 9, 9 on ITV4. That is the film Hellboy. Let's move on to Saturday, the 18th of June, uh, film 4, 7pm, The Greatest
1: Showman. Totally different one here. Uh, this was a musical that still tells the story of uh, P.T. Barnum, the show... the sort of business show person who has a vision of creating this uh, wonderful sort of fair that celebrates all of the different people in the world Uh, lots of great catchy songs in this one Uh, I'm going to start off with the obvious one not an accurate retelling of P.T. Barnum's life because anyone who you know talks about this film will not you know not hesitate to mention the fact that P.T. Barnum bit of a scumbag who exploited people but Hugh Jackman stars in this one as uh, what I've heard is, is a P.T. Barnum version of P.T. Barnum, where he's presented as a, a really you know brave family man who just wants to get people out there and let them sing their story to the world.
0: Okay. now this So this was an original movie, This
1: uh, unlike some musicals where, in fact, they
0: start off on the stage and then they make a movie version. Yeah. This was an original movie, am I right? Yeah,
1: Hugh Jackman worked with the studio to sort of create all of the songs. It, it seems very well designed. Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, uh, turns out actually has a really big sort of taste for the musical arts. But I mean, he we started he La- in musical theatre. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. He used to, he worked in London in musical theatre before he was a film star. Probably makes sense why he decided to do this one. I can only think of Lame is as well.
0: Yeah, but no, he'd done some stuff on stage before, ah. um, before beforehand. So yeah, this was in his, um, uh, yeah, th- th- this was sort of in his DNA really. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, apparently the film took seven years to produce. Uh, and then and then suddenly uh Jackman had uh, 10 weeks to prepare the film before it actually started um but uh, but yes uh he it was a uh is, uh, the information I have here is that it says, during rehearsals for the 81st um, Academy Awards in 2009, the producers um, uh, compared host uh, Hugh Jackman to Barnum. After Jackman expressed interest in a Barnum project, the producers uh, approached uh, somebody and they wrote The Greatest songman, The great, Greatest Showman. So, yeah, uh, J- Jackman was already set in the title role before they even wrote it. Ah,
1: oh, perfect. Well, yeah. you know, I think you, you take somebody like that. I mean, he is fantastic in this film. He really sells it as someone who i'm really not a big musical fan and this this is here because uh i've i want, like, i've rewatched so many of the songs so many times i did work at a cinema around the time it was out so you know you could pop in for your favorite songs but uh there, so, so this
0: was a this was a film as well that, that because i remember this because we were doing a film show at the time which included a weekly top 10 and this yeah. was in the charts for about six months ages because just as soon as the initial interest in it was starting to wane they re-released it with with the lyrics on the, the screen, sing-along, didn't version, they? The sing-along yeah. version which everyone then went back to again and exactly. then and of course if you like it and you, you're gonna go back to it and it just wouldn't it leave is. the box office the, the, the songs are really well done yeah um it it did it you know but the film did incredibly well i guess if you like a musical you're gonna love this film
1: yeah and even if you don't like a musical you might just like you know Hugh, Hugh Jackman's charisma might save it for you i'm
0: gonna go so far as to say if you like a mu- musical you'd have already seen this film yeah probably. and if you've not heard of this film don't bother because you're clearly a luddite who doesn't like musicals <laughs> so forget it so but if you do like musicals you'll love knowing that it's on yeah if, exactly. if you think i'm not a luddite but i've just never got around to watching it Go and watch it. Now's your chance. Yep, you Redeem go. yourself Saturday, in Danny's eyes. Saturday the... I've not seen it. Saturday the 18th <laughs> of June, film 4, 7pm. Not a fan of the musicals. Uh, uh, the Greatest Showman. Maybe I'll watch it on Saturday. Oh, perfect. Okay. Let's move to um, Sunday the 19th of June. A great movie's 9pm, The Road.
1: In a dangerous post-apocalyptic world, an ailing father defends his son as they slowly travel across a uh, apocalyptic place to travel to the sea. Uh, this is, you know, I went from quite a cheery film, The Greatest Showman, to so I thought I'd probably bring out one of those miserable films I've ever seen. You really couldn't get much further on that spectrum in the opposite
0: direction, could I you? Really,
1: I really exist for these tone shifts. Yeah. So this is based on the Cormac McCaw- McCarthy novel, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. And it's, um, I- I'm one of those people who, I- I'll read a book and, I- and I've got it in my head. It's like, right, there's no way they can do this any justice. Um, I went into the- this film and I was really, um, I think it's one of the most accurate sort of transferring a text to screen. Well, I mean Cormac McCarthy. So you were a fan of the book beforehand. Love the book. It's it's really up there. Uh, Cormac McCarthy is an author I think is really fantastic. Uh, I think The Road might be his best. I did really enjoy Blood Meridian. He did as well. The the Cowboy one. That's also quite dark.
0: Now in my head, I've got this film confused with another one. I'm wondering if you're already thinking thinking which one I'm thinking of. It was with Denzel Washington.
1: Ah, Book of Eli. Book of Eli. Ah, yeah. They do have this sort of brown filter over them and look a bit miserable. And there's, they're both a trend. post-apocalyptic, aren't they? Yeah.
0: They're both set in a post-apocalyptic world. Um, but no, uh, so this one has in it as well, just looking down the cast here, you've got Charl- Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Who, who clearly yearns for this sort of thing because she also did Mad Max, Fury Road. Of course. Yeah. Another post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, Robert Duvall, Guy Pearce, Neighbours Guy Pearce. Yeah it has got uh, an interesting character Viggo
1: Mortensen uh, whose name I've probably just butchered but no I think that's almost right yes Viggo Mortensen
0: Viggo Mortensen perfect I was really close this time cheers Viggo who go. of course was, was um, arrogant wasn't he
1: in Lord of the Rings Aragorn Aragorn honestly sometimes sometimes sometime sitting here <laughs> <laughs> no but i uh, really uh, really uh, it's a t- it's, I won't know this is a tough film to watch but it's one of those ones that you value the experience watching it but okay. uh, it's really um, I think it's got some highlights it's got some like, to sort of Coincide with these really sort of dark themes. There are some really m- nice moments of light as well. But, uh,
0: okay. That's The Road from 2009. That's Max's choice for uh, for Sunday, the 19th of June. Great movies at 9pm. Let's move to Monday, the 20th of uh, June. Film for 11.20pm. Max reckons you need to set your recording device. This is one to record. All right, here's a question. What's the recording device these days?
1: recording device? I mean, you can put it on your, your Skybox or... this is a test isn't it I'm curious do you have a recording device I want to know just just record um... it on Sky yeah oh right okay well well, actually no I just I mean I watch everything on demand anyway but that's because it's if it's been on live it's you know it's it's all there anyway right you're not about to say that you watch anything illegally are you no of course not I would never admit to doing something like that on a on a yeah. Nor would I ever do it because I don't do it. Okay, but I was just genuinely curious because,
0: um, you know, some people listening might still have a video recorder, but
1: don't, don't know how it works if anymore. Got, if you've got a video recorder, just go along to Film 4 and record this one at 11.20. Right. Or just hit your Skybox to record it. Does anyone it. still do that? Is it all now Sky or Virgin if they got like a TiVo there box, might There it? might be some apocalyptic survivors like in the road sat there uh, listening to this podcast, sitting there, <laughs> their manual <laughs> video recording. You know, when the world ends, at least you'll have a copy of Split. Yeah, there you go. Well, yes, we should say the movie. Yes, so Split,
0: 11.20pm on Monday the 20th. Uh,
1: tell us more. Three girls are kidnapped by a man with... A, a, Three girls are kidnapped by a man diagnosed with twenty three distinct personalities They must try to escape before the apparent emergence of a frightful new twenty fourth one uh, this is a really good psychological thrill um uh, James McAvoy sort of stars as the the individual who has these twenty four personalities he this is a real fantastic performance of him as this sort of this very uh but person who's not well who's kidnapped these people and is really sort of struggling with these whole but he's playing a different character every single every single time he walks onto the scene and uh the, it's the tension in this one i mean it feels like you're trapped in a room with james mcavoy as well and uh and it's directed and written by m not shamalan
0: yeah um and uh is it is it one of his better ones because i think that he did such a good job with the sixth sense mm. And then subsequently, I think he's had a bit of
1: a job trying to follow it up. Yeah. So this is so this a lot of people considered this one when it came out. It was sort of a return to form for him, like Shablon, because he had a really sort of a bit of a rubbish couple of years uh, with films like The Last Airbender and uh, what's the one with the plants that kill people. Really, really, oh, uh, the Happening, which is the one where, which is if you ever, I, I won't recommend it. Right. I mean, I recommend it if you want a bad film to watch. But watch The Happening if you want to have a laugh because it's uh He didn't want you to laugh at it, but you can have a laugh at it. Okay. No, I mean, this he, is a real... He
0: did some good ones as well. Signs was quite good with uh, mm. Mel Gibson and The Village was, was quite good as well. Um But yes, it, he's also done some stinkers.
1: This one just really rides really well on just being a really good sort of psychological thriller that's just got this really tense... So, the, most of the film takes place in this sort of place where... um this this man has basically locked these three girls in a, in a basement and it's this tension of them trying to escape it doesn't try to do anything too big but it just really uh, excels in that it's just this really intense situation you want these people to get out of and every time James McAvoy walks in you don't know which personality is going to be in charge and he just really commands the screen every time he's in there Okay, and it was followed up, wasn't it? Just a couple of years later by Glass, the Glass,
0: yeah. Um, but uh, but yes, no, I'd agree with you. I think a return to form for, uh, yeah. for for M Night Shyamalan, and uh, yeah, James McAvoy, what a tour de force performance there, playing that all of those facets of that one one person, and yeah. and how how chilling he was in that, you know. Great, great, great performance there by James McAvoy. So that's the film uh, Split, which is 11.20pm on Film 4, but you might well have recorded it on your Betamax video player uh, <laughs> on Monday the 20th of uh, June. Let's move now to Wednesday the 22nd of June. We're skipping Tuesday because apparently there's nothing on. Nothing good on Tuesday. Good. Don't
1: worry because you will be taking care of this Wednesday and Thursday. So Wednesday, 22nd of June, ITV4, 6.30pm. Tomorrow Never Dies. James Bond sets out to stop a media mogul's plan to induce war between China and the UK in order to obtain exclusive global media coverage. Sparring, starring even, one of my... Oh, it's really close if he's my favourite Bond or not, but Pierce Brosnan... Starring Pierce Brosnan as Bond. Wasn't he like your... Would you say your formative Bond? Wasn't It he, he like was, your first one? He was he? He? my first Bond, but after seeing more of Timothy Dalton, it got really, really sort of close between the two. Licence to Kill, really fantastic one. But no, tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, it's... It's just a, just a really fun romp, really. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I I, I think I'd agree with it that.
1: Is, it is it is a bit campy, but I think it, it's you know it's just a lot of like I said, it's just a lot of fun to watch.
0: I think it had problems with trying to keep up with how good um golden eyes. Yeah, I think Goldeneye was a great film. Relaunched Bond, it really put Bond back on the map. Showed mm. he was still relevant, and all of that, or so much of that, is down to to Pierce who did yeah. a wonderful job in that role, and. I did think this film fell considerably short of that standard. Yeah,
1: it did not live up to GoldenEye. But
0: a bad Bond film is still a good film. Yeah. You know, that they... this
1: has some cracking scenes in it. I mean, even the opening just of, you know, Pierce like, running around a, a Russian artillery camp and just, there's the bit where he offers, it, where, you know, some guy's smoking, he offers him the light, yeah. and he goes, it'll kill you, and it just knocks him out. <laughs> yeah, filthy habit. <laughs> it's great. That's a filthy <laughs> habit, isn't it? Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, it, and, and a great um, uh, sort of leading lady in this, in, in Michelle Yeoh as well, yeah. and, and launching her in a, for a Western audience, and the great Hong Kong
1: action star. I'm glad it was It wouldn't have given us everything, everywhere, everyone, ever everything, everywhere all at once. No, so. and And
0: she's done a lot of really good things since then. And, and, you know, one of the rare Bond girls, as it were, that went on to um, went on to something a lot better. Yeah, um, because most of the actresses that ever starred in a Bond film kind of disappear without track. I
1: think she sort of gets her own seat. She gets her own sort of character, doesn't she? Like yeah. she gets to sort of go toe to toe with Bond. Yeah, yeah. She, she's very
0: much his equal, isn't she? Yeah. In, in, in being a, another kind of agent. Also, Terry Hatcher was in it. And there was a lot of a lot made at the time because Terry Hatcher was quite well known at the time from she was on Lois Lane on TV. Oh. The Superman. Uh, and uh, and then subsequently went on to do Desperate Housewives, uh, but uh, she was in this. But she was in it so briefly, yeah, you know, just a couple of scenes, just to slap him. And the British tabloids were full of stuff about how apparently um, her and Pierce Brosnan did not get on. Uh, and, and then she also apparently became pregnant, and and the producers weren't very happy, and and it was all you know. And so so her part was was was. Made even smaller, and and yeah, given that there was a big fanfare about Terry Hatcher being yeah. being in in the Bond film, and her having a far higher profile, I think, than than Michelle Yeoh. It, you know, she wasn't in it that much. Well, it's big enough for a, a two-minute cameo, I suppose. Well, yeah, and and also you had um, Jonathan Price playing the villain. He's great in this. This yeah. this is
1: a real sort of you know, even if it's not maybe the top film, his plan's a bit silly, and he's got some missile that cuts up boats, and that's the, the whole sort of thing. But Jonathan, he's, Jonathan Price is a really great baddie in this. Yeah, I mean, this I think it's a very different one as well to go with. Oh, you know, this sort of nineties narrative. Oh, I'm a media mogul who thinks starting a war would make me lots of money.
0: Yeah, I mean, the scary thing is he didn't seem that far-fetched. <laughs> really doesn't now you does
1: know, it no and if you watch something like succession now which shows
0: another media baron and 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 how he is and you sort of think he's not a million miles away he, from he could be a bombaddy yeah yeah. yeah it could be um and also in the cast there um in, in a supporting role so you had jeffrey palmer who played um an admiral who was a long time um collaborator with judy dench mm. played her husband in a couple of different sitcoms and they often worked together oh, yeah. but one of the others in 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 those same scenes was was uh, he was only listed as minister of defense he made a few lines, who's Julian fellows who wrote Downton Abbey. He's the ah. guy behind Downton Abbey. And he was in this, he was an actor as well. And he was in this movie. You see,
1: I think we can trick ourselves into watching Downton Abbey. If we consider it a James Bond spin off. <laughs> yeah okay that's um, so it takes
0: also you still had um, old Desmond Llewellyn in his queue as well in uh, there he, yeah um, doing his bit like yeah. trying to lease Bond the car or whatever it contrived <laughs> he's, really, it he's, really, he's really good in this yeah but, uh, but there he's you go he's a great queue if you like your Bond films this one is quite good, good very good
1: motorcycle chase mm, through with a helicopter chase in them yeah
0: yeah and, and yeah that
1: worked quite well it's yeah. quite impressive oh my favourite it's got my favourite gadget as well which is the, uh, the car that you can drive on your phone which again is another one that seemed in the 90s it was a bit a bit far-fetched, and, and that, now it's... Cars now it's, do that. They yeah. don't even need the phone. They drive yeah. It themselves. Yeah, you can... Or you can
0: easily... You know, lot. there are cars out there now where you can push a button on your phone and you can summon the car to you. Yeah. And, and that's... Yeah, it, it isn't as far-fetched now as, as one might think. Bond did it first. But but then that could be said throughout throughout the history of the Bond films. There were gadgets that in their day were seen as completely sort of, like, mind-blowing. And yeah. nowadays, they're commonplace. Your phone, your
1: phone does it all. Yeah, yeah
0: quite. Anyway, that's Tomorrow Never Dies, Wednesday the 22nd of June, 6.30pm on ITV4. We move to the final film of the week, the 23rd of June now we're looking at. Thursday the 23rd, the Horror Channel, 9pm. Max has a big grin on his face because he's a fan of The Thing.
1: John Carpenter's The Thing. A research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. I love this film. I'm just going to say it out there, this film is just Brilliant. It's so fantastic. Everything I have don't know where I can begin. It the soundtrack is is amazing. It looks amazing. All the performances are great. And you pretty much I don't think you can look away from the screen the entire time this film is on. Every time I, I the countless times I've seen this film, I don't think I've stopped to do anything. I've been too too uh entranced to even go to the toilet when this film's on. Okay. Now, what
0: people may not realise is that this film is indeed a remake. Yeah. That that nineteen fifty one, there was a film, The Thing from Another World, uh, which itself was based on a novella from nineteen thirty eight called mm-hmm. Who Goes There, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and and then there was a so so. The one you're mentioning, the the famous one, the, the one, one from the met. early '80s with Kurt Russell. We'll come on to that perhaps, but um, that one was a remake. And then in 2011, there was a, a prequel. There was, which was also confusingly called the thing, but it wasn't a remake, and it was a prequel. So this was
1: quite, it was exactly so the the the, the prequel sequel. That's what we'll, that's what I call it. Now, the, the or the prequel, we'll just call it. Um, it t- tries to tell the story of, so in the, orig- in the not the original, the 82 film, they have this whole, you know, they turn up at this place that's been abandoned by these crazy Swiss research, research And
0: there's a dog at the beginning, and they're, they're trying they're to shoot the
1: cha- dog, aren't they? They're chasing a dog, yeah, they're chasing a dog. So they, you know, they find these two crazy Swiss guys trying to shoot a dog, and then they end up going back to the base where they were at, and this 20, you know, 2011 one tells the story of that base that they went to, but it's sort of in an interesting place where, in this film, it's, you know, they act like it's only full of a bunch of old Swedish guys, and yet the... 2011 film goes oh no it's actually a very you know more th- sort of 2010s cast even though it's in the 80s but i think that film i, I actually the 2011 film i have a serious bone to pick with even while i'm rather re- recommending the 82 one the 2011 film was originally made with practical effects just like this one was and of course the practical effects in this one still hold up it still looks really incredible the 2011 was made with practical and the studio made the decision to reshoot it all with with cgi instead so they shot the practical effects they put cgi over it which just does not look very good uh and that's my problem with the 2011 one but the 82 one does have those incredible practical effects
0: yeah i mean they really are good aren't they and and it's it's chilling and it's it's grotesque and it's watchable it, it yeah. really is if you like this sort of thing if this is incredibly well done uh, kurt russell's great in in it um he, he collaborated a lot with john carpenter yeah and and this is another great example of that as well and a good supporting cast around him
1: yeah perfect keith david as well as child's another one i really love in this, this yeah film. they all do really good performances they're a bunch of men who are trapped in the arctic and you know they're all cold and miserable and then they get hunted by an alien that looks like them
0: yeah I know, what's not, what's not to like? Yeah. Uh, okay, that's The Thing. That concludes uh, the choices that Max has made for the week. Max, one of those films is your film of the week. Which one is it? I just want
1: you know, to sit here for a second. And just, my stare will say, all. please go and watch The Thing. Everyone should go and watch The Thing. Uh, the Thing will be my film of the week this week. There you go. Okay. Uh, yes,
0: and uh, the, the film of the... Listeners may have already worked this one out, but the film of the week and the um, the... Filming part three uh, form the cover art and uh, the, that goes out with this i don 't know if anyone i don 't know why I bother sometimes I, I spend hours slaving over that everywhere i don 't know if people notice that subtlety, but we keep changing the posters no, on the like, on yeah, the cover it, art. it goes on there yeah, yeah. Uh, and so yeah that 's max 's choice this week his, his number one choice if you have to watch one his film a week is the thing. All of Max's choices, though, all of the films he has chosen, you can see them in the description of this episode right now and also on our website at com. Max, thank you very much. It was my pleasure. I'm sure it was. And next week, it's the return of producer Sam uh, taking the film guide. We'll see you again real soon. Take care.
1: Bye.